In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade. That's what we were told. Most Americans never believed Lee Oswald was the lone gunman, for excellent reasons. In fact, there were at least six shooters who fired from eight to ten shots or more who are identified here. We have, finally, the solution to the greatest murder mystery in history, laid out for the world to see proof after proof after proof. Photos were faked, the body was changed, x-rays were altered, the home movies were fixed. Fifteen experts contribute to a 529-page book with 1,037 photos and diagrams in black and white and color. Hi, this is Gary King. If you'd like JFK, who, how, and why, and would like to support the new JFK show, then go to PatriotRadioBooks.com. That's PatriotRadioBooks.com. This is uh, Jim Fetzer, your host on The Real Deal. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade. It looks like one of those scenes of an old building being purposely dynamited and blown. When we are successful, I'm just a proxy, and we will be. We're ready to make, uh, to come to the microphone, so we'll listen up. A new world order. So my name's Robbie Parker. It might have appeared that way, but from my close-up inspection, uh, there's no evidence of a plane having crashed anywhere near the Pentagon. Let us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories concerning the attacks of September the 11th. President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Live from the Media Broadcasting Center. 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 Welcome to Truth Jihad Radio. I'm Kevin Barrett, doing the all-out struggle for truth, focusing on the issues that are most ignored, downplayed, or lied about in the mainstream. One of those, of course, is COINTELPRO infiltration and its evil twin, false flag terrorism. Seems like what happened in Charlottesville recently might be an example of a little bit of both. And we've talked about Charlottesville quite a bit on this show, but haven't really zoomed in on the evidence that this was a false flag, especially the sort of forensic evidence, the visuals. And I'm here today with an expert on that sort of evidence, and that would be Jim Fetzer. I've been working with Jim for many years. We first uh, became colleagues in 2006 when he moved to Madison in the wake of the Chicago 9-11 conference. And uh, we had a lot of fun on Fox News and elsewhere. <laughs> have a long history behind us. So, hey, it's great to be back with you, Jim Fetzer. How are you doing, Jim? Oh, thanks for inviting me, Kevin. This is terrific. Yeah, this is absolutely a classic false flag staged event. Uh, it, it was actually conducted in, in, in three stages. The Charlottesville production was divided into three-part Act 1, Friday, 11 August, featured physical assaults on UVA students who were who were actually attempting to protect the statue of Thomas Jefferson from a torch-lit protest, which was really to draw the public's attention to the stage for the next act, which was the following day, Saturday the 12th, where the local police stood down so the state police and the National Guard could channel the protesters into a violent confrontation with the Antifa and Black Lives Matter people, Kevin. I even interviewed on the raw deal on Rents Radio, a participant who explained this was exactly what happened. 
Well, well, Jim, Jim, just a moment. So, so it started on Friday. We, most of us have heard about the Saturday uh, craziness, but, uh, and, you know, the rioting, the, uh, the, the vehicular homicide, the helicopter crash. But you're saying that it actually all got started on Friday. Well, they were priming the pump, Kevin. They had a torch-lit parade onto the campus of the University of Virginia on Friday the 11th. That was really to draw the attention of the public. I mean, this was very cleverly contrived, to draw the attention of the public to Charlottesville for the events that would occur the following day. Mm-hmm. So the following day had two different parts. Uh, 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 we, we had one where there was the protest, uh, peaceable assembly for the removal of a statue of Robert E. Lee. And this is where the police... The Charlottesville police were ordered to stand down. The the state police, under the control of the governor and the National Guard, channeled them into a direct confrontation with the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter people. Meanwhile, the, the third act was developing at an intersection several blocks away where the actors were set and the vehicles were in place for a dramatic and very carefully contrived video footage. In confidence, the faculty and staff of the university wouldn't realize they'd been played, where the important, most important of the images sent around the world was Photoshop with banners and stuntmen in the air, Kevin. They were not there. Really? Yeah. It's just stunning. I I mean, I was so shocked when I sorted this out that I not uh, only wrote to the president, the provost, and the vice president, but to 75 members of the Department of History whom I assumed would be responsive to evidence-based studies of what had taken place. Imagine my astonishment when I received five automatic notices from faculty on leave, but only one reply from a member who'd received it. She was not a happy camper, Kevin. She wrote, I'm embarrassed to hear you have any connection with his university. Do not send me any more email. My thought is that some of us who have supposed Mr. Jefferson's university stood for something, would appreciate what I wrote. Here's, here, let me give you the, the, the letter I sent to the president. It had the title, Three Studies of Charlottesville, Two Cars Plus Two Drivers Plus Two Takes Equals Totally Fake. President Sullivan et all, and that included the vice president, the provost and the vice provost. As it happens, I'm a former Marine Corps officer who was visiting associate at UVA in 1977-78 and again as visiting professor spring semester 1984-85. Since my retirement from the Duluth campus of the University of Virginia in 2006, I've been devoting myself to collaborative research on false flag events where patsies are blamed to create a pretext for actions that promote a political agenda. This, as you well know, Kevin, is a rather specialized area of research, which most faculty eschew. It's eschew is is not a strong enough word. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Like turntail and flea screaming is more like it. I know. These days reveal what we've been able to determine so far about the events in Charlottesville. I offer them in the context of the article by Patricia McCarthy, which appeared in American Thinker. Charlottesville and its aftermath, what if it was a setup? I find this insulting to Mr. Jefferson's university, and I hope that some of you will agree. And then, Kevin, I sent them these three video studies. One runs about uh, uh, 12 minutes, one about 15, the other 40. I'll, I'll just give you a brief sketch, because some of the odd things about the event at Charlottesville were 
the driver didn't look like the guy who was accused of having driven the car, uh, who, whose name is James A. Fields, and, and who has been diagnosed as a schizophrenic under antipsychotic medication. No, the, this, the, this is Fields in the lower right-hand corner and the that, driver in the, in the left. That's correct. That's correct. And, uh, and we'll turn to that. Plus, the first witness turns out to be a guy who was working for the CIA, Kevin. You see how cleverly they orchestrated this. Here's the comparison of the drivers, Kevin, and you won't believe. They both have the same name, except it's James A. Field, bottom James G. Fields at the top, who's a 32-year-old military veteran who commands a reserve battalion in Ohio. And if you compare his appearance to that of the driver, you can see it's rather clearly James G. Field, the military vet, rather than James A. Field, the anti-psychotic medicated guy. So James A. is the guy in the lower picture. That's right. He is the patsy. And this is from one of the three videos, Charlottesville false flag theory, something strange is going on. Now, I was struck, by the way, when the car was backed out of the collision, that it was done with such precision and speed, because I couldn't have done it. I'm surely this guy who was the patsy couldn't have done it. But look at this, Kevin. There were two different vehicles that were used. One, they were both uh, Dodge Challengers. One has a black stripe in the middle. The other doesn't. One has a sunroof. The other doesn't. Uh, So, you know, we had two drivers, two cars, and believe it or not, uh, multiple takes. Here's here. You can, one of the takes shows just a single vehicle approaching the crowd. And notice, Kevin, you don't have the banners there. I'm going to show you the photoshopped image where they added in the banners and also flying figures over the vehicle because they really went out of their way to uh, to stage this. Here's where you can see already a difference uh, 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 where they've added in banners on the left, and you see the stuntman on the left. And notice, interestingly, Kevin, that black pickup truck you see in the left-hand image is missing in the right, which has led me to conclude that there may, in fact, have been three different takes, one with the one vehicle you see on the right, another with two vehicles, as you see on the left. But look at this. This is the main one with three vehicles. You got a maroon van, and it'll turn out that maroon van had been sitting at the intersection for five minutes before. You got a second vehicle, and then the third, the Dodge Challenger, comes up from the rear and crashes into it. And as you can see already, Kevin, there's no driver in the maroon van. In fact, only Damagard, with whom I did the longest of these studies, observed that there was also no driver in the second vehicle, no doubt, so they wouldn't have whiplash or, or damage their backs from the collision that was about to be staged. Is, is there any possible innocent explanation for this, Jim? Could there have been a couple of vehicle hits or something and somehow no. a new car got in there? It's, I don't... No, <laughs> no innocent explanation. I mean, how, how, is Sno- how is Snopes going to deal with this? Uh, well, they'll just lie their way out of it. You know, I'm trying to think this, of how they you know, could. I know. Here's a you know, PSYOP with, with, with me and, and Dean Ryan, done for truth be told, uh, juxtaposing the one-vehicle scenario with the three-vehicle scenario. It, it, and here from uh, uh, the long one I did with Oli, uh, uh, the real deal Oli and Jim from Virginia to Spain, you see this guy was a stunt driver who was imaged into the Photoshop is just sitting on that black vehicle. Kevin, I mean, just very casually with his red shoes, 
where the result was this. This is the image that went around the world, clearly photoshopped, all those banners, two, two people flying in the air, totally fake. Not only that, but others have observed that there's something very odd about the license plate, 1111. So, you know, a lot of people have been taking a close-up look, and this whole thing is completely contrived. Hmm. Very interesting stuff. Um, so, yeah, well, well, let's go, let's go through your presentation. Yeah, and, yeah. And well, we have further confirmation because a fellow here by the name of Ford Fisher was doing a live stream video. It's very, very interesting because he has tied into interviews with multiple players, including Kessler and Spencer, who were the key leaders of this protest, who are, you know, uh, 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 dropping uh, Heil Hitler's German phrases and all this to make it look like this was some kind of white supremacist neo-Nazi movement. Here, so so, so what, you, think these, you think Spencer and Kessler and these guys are plants? No question about it. Yeah, they, they were in there to serve the role as provocateurs. Kevin, this is a, such a classic case, you're not going to believe, yeah. as I unpack it, because we got the goods. So in this, in this, uh, this Ford Fisher was walking through the streets. He shows the protesters coming south on First Street in the first 30 seconds. He even catches the Dodge Challenger headed east on Water Street at 45. At 2.40, he captures the maroon van parked at the intersection of 4th and Water, where the intersection is mostly clear, but it's just parked there, Kevin. There's no one in the vehicle. It's just sitting there. It sits there for, for more than five minutes. At 4.30, he arrives at an awning at 5th and Main. This is like a block away from that intersection where the vehicle is parked. At 4.40, white nationalists pass him, continue north on 5th Street. At 5.20, he gets a drink from a water fountain. At 6.30, he returns to the awning. At 7.35, the car crash is audible. So this maroon van had been sitting there for nearly five full minutes that he's captured on video, and it appears to have been parked even earlier. The police don't come, move it away. Here's an image of capturing the maroon van just sitting there for a full five minutes or more before the event will take place, Kevin. Here's that, that is a bit suspicious. <laughs> Here, here's more footage in the vicinity. They have this golf cart with a, with a stretcher on it. I think just in case anyone should actually be injured in the background, there's a government vehicle standing by again. This, this is a block away. Now, it looks very much as though this live stream was intended to signal other participants for the sake of coordination. I mean, this is so wonderfully in the open. So he shows the protesters coming south on First Street at 30 seconds after. He shows a Dodge Challenger headed west, meaning the Dodge Challenger is in the vicinity. Then he shows the maroon van parked at Fourth and Water. Hmm. So it's all set up, and he's really serving as a coordination for the events that we've already reviewed. Now, it turns out, as I have already explained, the police were ordered to stand down in Charlottesville Hmm. Yeah, no, wait, wait, wait. Let me let me stop you for a second, Jim. The, the guy who took this video, his name is Water. What's his name? No, his uh, name is Ford Fisher. Ford, Ford Fisher. Fisher. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, Ford Fisher. Um, if you have another version of this, you're welcome to come on Truth Jihad Radio and uh, explain um, how it looks to you uh, and answer uh, what Jim is saying here. I just just have to do that as a pro forma thing. I don't sure. really expect he will. Sure. <laughs> sure, Kevin. No, it's perfect. So yeah, I mean, this is you know. The, 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 
the fellow who made this video about the Ford Fisher film is called it Charlottesville Zapruder film. <laughs> right, right. So, so, so Ford, uh, you're, you're being accused here of, of uh, basically being another Abraham Zapruder or worse. Uh, and uh, we, we don't want, you know, I'm not, I don't know yet. I'm on the jury. If I'm on the jury, I'm still waiting to hear That's all the right. evidence. And I want to hear what you have to say. So please uh, contact me by way of my website, truthjihad.com. I'll be happy to bring you on and you can answer Jim Fetzer's accusations. Absolutely right, Kevin. Perfect. Well, as I mentioned, I'd already interviewed, you know, on the raw deal, a fellow who was a participant who explained how the police were in order to stand down. Here are some uh, part of this particular article about it. Charlottesville, Virginia, the events that unfolded in Charlottesville, Virginia this Saturday were tragic, hateful, insidious, and even deadly. Saturday will go down in history as the day America's hate reared its ugly face and proved to the world this country is being divided to be conquered, adding fuel to the fire of hatred and violence from politicians who told police not to intervene and allowed the unchecked carnage to unfold before their eyes. The stand down was confirmed by the ACLU who quoted a police source saying, will not intervene until given the command to do so, a command that never came. Mm-hmm. Here are some of the participants now. This is Richard Spencer, who, who, who looks as though he's being attacked and dragged out of the park by military cops. Remember, I, the Charlottesville police stood down, and the governor had control of the National Guard of the state police. Here is an expose about him from the anti-New York Times, that, that Spencer... Who, who, does not tolerate anti-gay views at his events. His pedigree seems more establishmentarian than rebel. He graduated from St. Mark's Elite Prep School in Dallas, Texas, before moving on to Duke. His election night rallying cry of hail Trump and occasional use of German terms stink of contrived imposterism and a very strange uh, unearthed old photo of him and his wife posing with Laura Bush really uh, sets off suspicions about him. It, it, we have the additional report that a white supremacist leader in Charlottesville, Jason Kessler, was an Obama supporter, an occupied protester, until Trump actually uh, uh, became uh, uh, won the presidential election. And then he seems to have a transformation into a, uh, some kind of rightist and white supremacist, Kevin. It's an interesting question how a guy who supported Obama turns into a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. Not sounds, only sounds that, like a, a, a miraculous conversion. A miraculous Trump's miracle victory con- brought a got, miraculous conversion. You got it, Kevin. Uh, we had whole, here, here's another report holdovers from Hillary Clinton's Department of State in Charlottesville. Initially, the mainstream media gave out the clues and then systematically expunged them. The Department of State is now in the process of expunging people were involved in Charlottesville from its website, but enough information was caught already to nail them badly. Uh, it was done by, I posted the terror attack was not done by the 20-year-old Patsy, but instead by a 32-year-old military veteran. Now it's been proven the car used was not owned by the driver. Instead, it was provided by the U.S. government. It's a similar model, but not exact. The car the accused actually owned had a sunroof, which is clearly a matter of state record, but the car used in the terror attack did not. So we have a swapped out driver driving a different car. We have holdovers from Hillary State Department commenting on it and then getting expunged from the news because they were not supposed to be there. And people will start asking why they were. 
And notice here, there's a tweet here from this Brennan Gilmore, okay? He was like mm-hmm. the first witness who was put on CNN, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Here, here, here's a photo of Brandon Gilmore, who turns out worked in Africa as a U.S. State Department Foreign Service officer, which makes him CIA. This guy was in CIA. Now he's a chief of staff for a candidate for the governor of uh, Virginia. And get this, Kevin, the, the, the governor, the candidate, his name is Tom Piarello, to whom George Soros has given in excess of $250,000 for his primary. You, you, wow. you, when I ran for Congress, uh, Soros never made any such offers. <laughs> gee, 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 I wonder why. And then you know the claim is made that these two cops were in a helicopter and that it crashed. And we do have this footage. You can see a lot of flames. But when you look more closely, it turns out, gee, Kevin, there they are. They survived the crash. They didn't die. But the mainstream media, of course, never reported it. Well, wait a minute. How, how do we know they survived the crash? Well, there they are after the crash in their uniforms right there on the road. Really? That's, yeah. that's after the crash? You sure? Yeah, of course, 100%. Okay. And here are their photos on the lower left, so you can compare them. You see they're in opposite sides. I mean, the fellow on the left mm. and the, on the right after the crash. Yeah, Laurel and Hardy are kind of on opposite that's sides. That's right, there, yeah. Laurel and Hardy. Very good, Kevin. And mm. there's a whole video on YouTube, two Virginia cops who died in the crash. Well, think again. So, you, you know, you can check it out. There's video footage of these guys, not just the shot that I put there, which is a frame from it. Yeah, because with this shot, you're, it's not 100% certain they're the same people. But I, if there's a whole oh, video, well, I would imagine. I, I, I guarantee you they are the same okay. people. And, and there's supposed to be this woman who's a car attack victim by the name of Heather Heyer, but she seems to have disappeared off the map. There are conflicting reports about whether she died or if she died, how she died. But there's no doubt about this, Kevin. Um, the, the woman who plays her mother, who's supposed to be Donna Susan Brio, uh, turns out to have also played the mother of uh, Victoria Soto, one of the teachers at Sandy Hook. And we have confirmed this. I mean, this is the same person. So wait, you're believe. telling me these two, these two people are the same person in this That's picture? right. That's right. Really? They are. Uh, Larry, like Re- Larry Rivera did a series of superpositions and, and confirmed it. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, once again, I, I invite uh, uh, Susan or Donna uh, or anyone else who has information on this to come answer these allegations because this is a fair radio show and uh, we're in favor of free speech, but we want to get at the truth. And so if you have a different story, uh, get in touch. I'll bring you on. You can, you can explain yourself. Kevin, that's very appropriate. Now, we have multiple reports and getting deeper into the story that the violence at Charlottesville was orchestrated and engineered by the mayor of Charlottesville, Michael Siner, and Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe, uh, where Siner uh, works for George Soros. He's paid by the Soros-funded Center for American Progress, which, like all Soros-funded groups, actually pushes for societal breakdown and anti-democratic global corporatism by a small cabal of banking and corporate elites. The key to understanding the whole event was captured by Jack Mullen right here, Kevin. Uh, in an article he published, The Charlottesville Conspiracy in the Hate America, Anti-White Subversive Hate-Promoting Mainstream Media, uh, which is captured. You start off with America first, right? Donald Trump campaigned to be America first, to end the wars in the Middle East, 
to use those resources to support Americans, to rebuild our infrastructure, support education. Being America first is converted into being a white nationalist. Being a white nationalist is converted into being a white supremacist, which turns out to be a neo-Nazi. So Trump, who wants to put America first, ending the wars in the Middle East and using American resources to benefit Americans, turns out to be a neo-Nazi by this subtle chain of propaganda disinformation. Well, well, Jim, as, as we're recording this, Trump just appeared before the United Nations and all, but he, he threatened to completely destroy North Korea, and he all but called for a war with Iran and implied he's going to shred the Iran nuclear deal and go to war with Iran. As he was talking at the UN, Bibi Netanyahu was smirking and chuckling, Bibi having basically orchestrated Trump's entire discourse on this. And Trump says the reason he threw his hat into the ring in the first place to run for president was his hatred of the Iran nuclear deal, which, which means is his insane. desire for war with Iran. So, which, so which I, don't, we, I think you, you may be overestimating Trump. No, no, no. What I'm doing is talking about the purpose of this event. I am okay. condemning okay. I him on his foreign policy, Kevin. I've made very strong statements about it. I've done multiple interviews with Press TV explaining why his opposition to the Iran nuclear deal is simply insane. But where we have a report just from the 14th of November in the New York Times that Trump's going to go forward in agreement with the, not attempting to violate the Iran nuclear deal. So we have a direct contradiction here. And I agree with you, this is completely lunatic. Iran abandoned its development of nuclear weapons already in 2003 when Saddam Hussein was taken out. They had only been pursuing them because they were worried Saddam was developing nukes and they needed them for defensive purposes. Our intel agencies concluded in 2007, reiterated in 2011, that Iran was not pursuing nuclear weapons. Even the Mossad, as you know, Kevin, concurred in 2012 that Iran was not pursuing nuclear weapons just uh, three months before Bibi Netanyahu went to the UN and declared the opposite. This is very troubling about Trump, and I'm not seeking to yeah. excuse him here. Well, what, what, what you're saying here applies to the whole movement. That is, the, there, there is an America First movement. There are a lot of people, sort of relatively conservative people, who have seen through 9-11 and the 9-11 wars and who want to put those resources to work rebuilding America. And those people, I would say, are the targets of this propaganda. Trump, I'm not sure whether he, you know, he, he might be part of the operation to discredit the America First movement. Well, uh, uh, I don't know this, what exactly is going on here. He's surrounded by generals. Uh, 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 Kelly is the key player in Washington, D.C., not Donald Trump, uh, because he can filter access to information. He's not completely able to control Trump. But what you're describing about his statement to the U.N. is completely disgusting, and I repudiated it. I repudiate it. I've repudiated it before. Any talk of attacking Iran is simply insane. Iran is the most uh, peaceful nation in the world among major players. It hasn't attacked, launched a war of aggression against another nation since 1775, Kevin, which, as you know, uh, the Constitution ratification began in 1787. George Washington was only elected president in 1789. So for longer than the United States has existed as a democratic republic, Iran has not attacked any other nation. But I think your analysis of the PSYOP is, is dead on, whether, you know, whatever role Trump is playing. Yeah, we'll, we'll continue with that. 
But we now have a total eclipse of sanity, America under the spell of mass hysteria engineered by da- uh, dangerous globalist-controlled media. This is from Natural News. The total eclipse of sanity is now underway against uh, across America. Mass hysteria has gripped the minds of the gullible, many of whom now hallucinate the reality on a moment-by-moment basis. Before the Charlottesville violence, the entire left of America was hallucinating Russians behind every corner. Now they're hallucinating neo-Nazis everywhere they look. This isn't hyperbole either. The hysterical left is quite literally hallucinating almost everything they now believe. It's simply stunning, Kevin. Look look at this. Here's a, a woman by the name of Angela Rye, who is a former executive at the Congressional Black Caucus, saying that all monuments to George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and Robert E. Lee have to be taken down. I mean, this is ludicrous, Kevin. This is simply completely and totally insane. And and here's an observation. Uh, Next, they came for Teddy. The alt-left demands New York Museum remove a Teddy Roosevelt statue. Well, uh, you know, I, 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 I actually I share the uh, evaluation of you know our, our great leaders of the past often were not all that they were cracked up to be in many ways. But but this is so ahistorical uh, the way that these folks uh, look look at the, the past. I mean, we would basically have to, you know, to shred and burn the entire human past to get rid of all these terrible things. And the human present is is equally bad. We just don't see it. We're conditioned yeah. by our cultural blinders. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade. That's what we were told. Most Americans never believed Lee Oswald was the lone gunman, for excellent reasons. In fact, there were at least six shooters who fired from eight to ten shots or more who are identified here. We have, finally, the solution to the greatest murder mystery in history laid out for the world to see proof after proof after proof. Photos were faked, the body was changed, x-rays were altered, the home movies were fixed. Fifteen experts contribute to a 529-page book with 1,037 photos and diagrams in black and white and color. Hi, this is Gary King. If you'd like JFK, who, how, and why, and would like to support the new JFK show, then go to PatriotRadioBooks.com. That's PatriotRadioBooks.com. Kevin, you're completely right. You'll see that Oliver Stone makes that point. Here's Trump claiming there's blame on both sides. And yet he was assailed for that, as though this hadn't been a setup. You know, Trump was more right than wrong here, but the peace, the right to peaceable assembly is enshrined in the Bill of Rights, I mean, the, the Fifth Amendment. Even and, by provocateurs. Well, CIA provocateurs have the right e- to Even speech. by people who are protesting, even if they had been neo-Nazis, they would have had the right. But in right. fact, they were led by provocateurs who were attempting to make it out as though they were neo-Nazis. Well, you know, the, the Saker has this piece uh, headlined, First They Came for the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. I think he's on to something. Yes. Yeah. Well, here's this brilliant article in American Thinker by Patricia McCarthy. I'll just read a few paragraphs from it. The ridiculous campaign by virtually every media outlet, every Democrat, and far too many squishy Republicans to label Trump some kind of racist and Nazi sympathizer is beginning to have the stink of an orchestrated smear. The conflagration in Charlottesville is beginning to feel like a setup. Perhaps weeks or months in the planning? Planned by who? Time may tell. 
We know that Michael Siner, the mayor of Charlottesville, declared his city to be the capital of resistance just after Trump's inauguration. We know that Gary, Governor Terry McAuliffe is a corruptocrat, joined at the hip to the Clintons. He pardoned 60,000 felons in order to ensure he delivered his state to the presidential election of Hillary Clinton. We know he would like to run for president himself. What if Singer and McAuliffe, in conjunction with Antifa and other Soros-funded groups like Black Lives Matter, planned and orchestrated what happened in Charlottesville and meant for events to unfold roughly as they did? If they did, it was icing on their sick and moral cake. If this was all part of a plan, one would hope those behind it suffer for their part in and responsibility for the tragic death of a young woman, Heather Heyer. The founder of Unite the Right, Jason Kessler, was an activist with Occupy Wall Street and an Obama supporter. The Democratic Party is no longer liberal. It is leftist. It is not progressive. It is regressive and repressive. It seeks to overturn the First Amendment. It means to indoctrinate and has successive generations via public and private education. It's becoming ever more fascist by the day. Along with groups like Antifa, BLM, and a host of anti-democratic groups, George Soros funds to protest all around the nation. The media and the Democrats in Congress seek to overthrow an elected president in order to impose their version of some sort of socialist utopia, which of course will never exist. That will result if they get their, what will result if they get their way is a Venezuela-style two-tiered class system, the ultra-rich and the very poor, who are kept in their place by economic and social control. The millions of people who see the left for what it is, what it has become, see this. That's why they voted for well, Trump. Jim, let me stop you there. Did, did you write this? No, no, no. This is from her article in American Thinker. Okay, no, yeah, because I, well, I, 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 would, I would question a lot of this because, I, Jim, I, I think that the identity politics hysteria, uh, which this is all part of, is designed to distract people from the economic issues and prevent the kind of Bernie Sanders-style, quote-unquote, socialist mem- measures that this writer would deplore, but that are actually needed to address the inequalities of the world. Well, so I, have a to- make- I totally don't agree with that. Well, let me make two points, Kevin, because I don't agree with what she says here either. Uh, 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 which is this, uh, a new study by uh, uh, Boston University and the University of Minnesota showed that uh, Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton based on one crucial issue. They had many casualties in their counties from the wars in the Middle East, and they judged Donald Trump to be the less likely of the two to continue the wars in the Middle East. That was the pivot. That was what made the difference. That's when the election for Donald Trump. The, the other point I'd make is, ironically, if the DNC had not sabotaged the campaign of Bernie Sanders and allowed him to emerge as a candidate, where Richard Charnin, for example, has judged that they gave 13 primaries Bernie had won to Hillary wrongfully, mm-hmm. uh, that Bernie would be president of the United States today. He yes. overlapped with a Donald in foreign policy in his uh, domestic Plans and programs were far more amenable and agreeable to the American people. So, right. so, so, so why are you putting up these things on the screen that are coming from a very different perspective? Well, I could take off that last one. The point, her point about nailing uh, 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 McAuliffe and Siner as the key players are perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that was her take. Doesn't correspond to mine, but look at this. This is more reports on what's actually going on here. 
from Investors uh, uh, Watch blog, the radical left funded by George Soros is planning more racially fueled attacks in Seattle, Baltimore, and Kentucky. As we reported over the weekend, the radical left terror group Black Lives Lives Matter and Antifa are funded by George Soros. In Virginia, they turned a white nationalist rally into a bloodbath by inciting violence and being the first to strike. Three people died because of their actions, it's claimed, but we know at least two of them, the police officers, did not, the state troopers. And now we, they want to take their show on the road. Here's a place of where they, you can expect Antifa and Black Lives Matter to show up next. We, but, you we know, Jim, a, Jim I, again, I, I think that that, that slide uh, has some problems, too, in that it's playing into the strategy of tension. I think we have to see this as a two-sided strategy of tension in which both sides are infiltrated. So it isn't that Black Lives Matter and Antifa are evil groups because they're on the left and they're funded by Soros. It's uh, actually if you had to pick one side that's probably somewhat more uh, reasonable and morally uh, admirable than the other side, it would be the left. It would be Black Lives Matter, for example, which has a really good point that black people are being mowed down by mad dog cops all over the country. That's a great point. And Antifa also has a point that we have to watch out for the rise of fascism. However, these groups are infiltrated and steered by the same folks that infiltrate and and steer the right. But these articles that you're posting here are actually contributing to the PSYOP by saying basically right-wing good, left-wing bad. And that's just not true. There's more to come, Kevin, that may, may, may somewhat undermine what you're claiming here. Okay. Uh, Investors Watch blog again published bombshell connection between Charlottesville, Soros, CIA, same players involved in Ukraine overthrow, working behind the scenes to house Trump. We have the Antifa flag coming directly from the German Communist Party in 1932. Sure, Rosa Luxemburg Brigade. Yeah. On the left is the 32 flag of the paramilitary wing of the Communist Party of Germany. On the right, the 2017 flag of the paramilitary wing of the Democratic Party of America. Antifa flag comes directly from the German Communist Party in 32. Everything, and this is a key point, I think, about Antifa, Kevin. Everything, everything uh, that the Antifa, uh, uh, the anti-left thugs use today is exactly the same as back then. Their logo, weaponized word, double standards, lack of logic from Germany 85 years ago. They call everyone a Nazi because that is who their opposition in Germany was. Antifa prefaced the National Socialist German Workers' Party and empowered them. Without Antifa's violence, the Nazi party would never have won anything. What we have here is uh, really practicing the techniques of fascism by a group that proclaims itself to be anti-fascist, Kevin, which you'll recognize as a classic move. The Bolsheviks were actually the minority party, but declared themselves the majority party. You can find more from this study of the Antifa handbook on Amazon.com by Mark Bray. Turns out even Hillary uh, moved $800,000 from her campaign to help fund Antifa, which is a clue to how long this has been in the works. Anarchy in Berkeley, 100 black-clad anti-fascists with no hate signs storm rally, pepper spray leaders of conservative patriot prayer group clash with cops, uh, <coughs> were, were those provocateurs, maybe? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think Antifa yeah. is absolutely 100% provocateurs. And here's an irony. Uh, this is Antifa members 
uh, protesting that George Soros hasn't paid them for their effort for proof. <laughs> and it's Going a, a strike. <laughs> a a yes, video Soros. tweet posted by Beverly Hills Antifa has been quoted and shows Antifa members demanding payment for their services, Jim. <laughs> oh, no. Now, Chomsky, well, I wonder, Jim, if, if we went on strike until Soros pays us, we'd probably, unfortunately, be out on strike for a long time. Yeah, we get very, very thin. You know, I, I, I could benefit from that more than you. Here's Chomsky making a very astute observation. Antifa is a major gift to the right. Yes. The left-wing Antifa movement is rising in prominence after clashing with white supremacists in Charlottesville, Virginia. But one progressive scholar says the anti-fascists feed the fire they seek to extinguish. Yes. As for Antifa, it's a minuscule fringe of the left, just as its predecessors were. But it's a major gift to the right, including the militant right, who are exuberant about its excesses. I mean, this is fascinating. Well, well the Gladio COINTELPRO people behind the scenes are using Antifa, just like they're using the, the Nazi Confederate right to stir yeah. up a strategy yes. of tension. Yes. Now, here, here's, a, here's a columnist from the Chicago Tribune about the Democratic silence on Antifa being, being dangerous, published on the 29th of August. There's a disturbing silence from leaders of the Democratic Party over those gangs of black mass leftist thugs shutting down free speech and beating people to the ground with clubs at Berkeley. We've seen such leftist violence before. We saw it again just the other day at a protest in Berkeley where the city police backed off and let, let the thugs who called themselves Antifa swarm peaceful protesters of the right, just what we had in Charlottesville. Now, CNN has gone bananas by claiming everyone uh, who hasn't, uh, uh, you know, denounced Antifa is, is a white supremacist by default. It's pretty bizarre, uh, Kevin. CNN's made no attempt to re- retract or modify a Wednesday report. They called all supporters of President Donald Trump white supremacists by default. The report stakes its weighty claims about the moral character of Trump supporters on the word of activists historians and victims of extremists who argue that ordinary people have empowered white supremacists. Uh, 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 This is very interesting, too, from the New York Times. Far from Dixie, outcry grows over a wider array of monuments. It began with calls to remove Confederate generals, but since the violence in Charlottesville, Virginia, two weeks ago, the anger from the left over monuments and public images deemed racist, insensitive, or inappropriate has quickly spread to statues of Christopher Columbus and the former Philadelphia tough cop mayor Frank Rizzo, Boston's landmark Franny Lou Hall because they used to sell slaves there, a popular Chicago thoroughfare, even Maryland State song. An Asian-American sportscaster named Robert Lee was pulled from broadcasting a University of Virginia football game so as not to offend viewers. Kevin, so first they came for the Confederate generals. Yes, that's right. Very good. <laughs> Here are some of the monuments being taken down all over the United States. West Palm Beach, Florida, Austin, Texas, Ellicott City, Maryland, Worthington, Ohio, Durham, North Carolina, the Bronx, Daytona Beach, Helena, Montana, St. Petersburg, Florida, Durham, North Carolina, Gainesville, Florida, Rockville, Maryland, Orlando, Florida, St. Louis, Missouri, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, Frederick, Maryland, Louisville, Kentucky, Boone County, Missouri, Austin, Texas. Where's Madison, Wisconsin on that list? Uh, Paul Sogman, our our mayor. uh, I know. It was ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. In Baltimore, the Robert E. Lee statue has been replaced by a statue of a pregnant black woman. That's quite stunning. 
Now, this is fascinating, where Oliver Stone was being interviewed after doing his interview series with Vladimir Putin, which has received great, great praise. Yeah. Uh, 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 more comfortable taking question on Snowden, a dramatization of the story of NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden than talking about current events. Stone added that the situation in the U.S. today was scar- scarily close to the kind of world George Orwell wrote about in his futuristic novel, 1984. 1984 is here. We are there. The only thing they have not yet done is to erase history. There are still people who remember things, he said. One week is terrorism that dominates the hairlines, the next week Putin, and the next Korea. But his point about erasing history appears to be spot on, Kevin. That seems to be exactly what's going on here. Notice here the Daily Caller has reported. Fame theater ends 34-year tradition of showing Gone with the Wind because it's insensitive. The board of directors of the Orpheum Theater Group in Memphis, Tennessee, has decided to end the 34-year tradition of screening Gone with the Wind because the board says the movie is now insensitive. I mean, this is absolutely stunning, Kevin. This is an epic about the great event in American history, which is the Civil War, of course. Yeah, I believe... I believe it's really strange that that uh, because traditionally there's been this discourse uh, and you know well my my family is part of this my my uncle was a Civil War buff he mainly identified with the Union and he was all for freeing the slaves but he also kind of you know honored the Confederate dead who you know saw their side of things too uh, and actually my parents named their sister out after something from Gone with the Wind they're also liberal Democrat anti racist cheered for the Civil Rights Movement in the 60s and so on and so forth. But uh, trying to completely erase any shred of sympathy with anything from the Southern viewpoint. And this strikes me as the way that when victors write the history books, sometimes they try to completely erase the viewpoint of those who lost. And that's, that's not good. That is totalitarian, and it does smack of 1984. Kevin, you're right on. I mean, there were great Americans on both sides. This was the most significant event in American history in terms of our development as a nation. And it appears to me that this whole Charlottesville thing was very cleverly contrived with a lot of forethought to figure out a way they could resurrect ancient animosities derived from the Civil War, which had long since subsided by the use of skillful techniques, and including Hollywood-style cinematography, special effects, two cars, two drivers, actually even three takes in order to convey an impression very remote from the truth. There's a lot of uh, feedback going on here, but this is an unscientific poll, but nevertheless striking. Should Confederate monuments be removed around the country? Yes, they represent racism and need to be removed, 2%. No, they are part of our history, 97%. Maybe it's up to the local governments. And here is a survey that was not unscientific. This is a, a, a Rasmussen report. Eighty An overwhelming 85% of Americans say freedom of speech is more important than making sure no one is offended by what others say. Well, that's why we're able to do these broadcasts, Jim. As long as we're able to do them, Kevin, which may not be forever. According to a poll published by Masmussen Report, the new poll released by Rasmussen on Wednesday revealed over 85% of American adults believe the right to free speech is more important than making sure no one is offended by what others say. 
a mere eight percent say they believe that guarding against personal offense is more important than protecting free speech. But Kevin, as you well know, free speech is to protect unpopular speech. You know, hate speech. Allow people to say anything they want, so the public can consider it and evaluate it and accept or reject it. The idea of imposing censorship is obnoxious and violative of the principles for which the United States is supposed to stand. And, and the court court decisions historically have actually been pretty reasonable on this issue here in the United States, uh, more so than in most other countries. And just to show how absurd it gets, Obama, furious after historian reveals dark secret about his slave-owning ancestors, according to the research, one of Obama's great-great-great-great-grandfathers, George Washington Overall, owned two slaves who were recorded in the 1850 census in Nelson County, Kentucky. The same records show that one of Obama's great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmothers, Mary Duvall, also owned slaves. So if we're going to, you know, make slavery the test when it was virtually ubiquitous in the 19th century, we're going to have a lot of remnants and relatives that are going to fall by the wayside, Kevin. Look at how absurd it's begun. Salon, this uh, liberal uh, uh, website, has has declared that the national anthem is pro-Confederate, even though it was authored during the War of 1812. 50 years before the Civil War. How absurd is that? That's pretty bizarre. The New York Times, I think, has very astutely noticed that the purging of monuments may mobilize the right and alienate the center. I wonder if that's what it's designed to do, Jim. I mean, you you could, if, if I were a paranoid conspiracy theorist, I would think all of this political correctness insanity is designed to alienate the broad majority of Americans and actually pave the way for fascism. Uh... Well, uh, I would say, I mean, if if it leads to a reaction, it's going to be one uh, in favor of of freedom of speech and civil rights, I would suggest, Kevin. I mean, these are, it's a, yeah. But but, but if people react so strongly against Black Lives Matter, Antifa, minorities, black people, Muslims, even Jews, whatever, uh, if, if people react so strongly in that direction, it could all it could turn into the same type of thing, but worse coming from the I, other I side. I think uh, here's what I believe they're implying that you could see a, a restitution of the civil of the of the South as a solid Republican in outrage to the you know response to these excesses mm-hmm. of the left. I, 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 I wonder if somebody's behind that because the Republicans, of course, are the party of the oligarchy. Yeah, but look at look at. They have historically, Trump, of course, has shaken that up, but I'm very disturbed by what you're telling me about his latest statements at the United Nations. But Trump had to execute a hostile takeover of the GOP in order to secure the nomination. He was opposed not only by the elites of the Democratic Party, but by the elites of the Republican Party, and, of course, the mainstream media long since infested by the CIA. So he had his hands full. Get this, Kevin, the United Nations has urged the United States to give up free expression to combat racism. Committee says America must not allow constitutional rights to be misused to promote hate speech. The UN issued an early warning Wednesday uh, uh, for the United States urging the government take immediate action to confront white supremacy following the violence in Charlottesville, Virginia. They're telling us to give up the First Amendment, Kevin. I can't think of anything more crucial to what it means to be an American than the freedom of speech. Well, I, I thought the U.S. was the one usually telling the world to respect freedom of speech. I know, I know. Isn't this ironic? 
And get this, here we have the father of the Constitution blacklisted in Dallas on the eve of Constitution Day. On Saturday night, the evening before Constitution Day Sunday, a member of the Dallas Independent School District Board of Trustees released a list of schools whose names should be reconsidered because their association with the Confederacy or dark periods in American history. James Madison High School ranked on the list. Yeah, our friend Rolf just, Lindgren is not going to be happy about this. Not, nor, he's, he's a I fanatical mean, uh, James Madison I mean, Madison our fan. city here is named after James Madison, for crying out loud, who is the father <laughs> well, of Well, you're going to have to change it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Harry McAfee, let's tear down those Confederate monuments. He wants to run for president. He was interviewed this uh, on the news shows this past Sunday. He was making a pitch for his why he ought to be president of the United States. This guy is going to be a no-brainer. He's not going to make any headway at all after his role here. Well, Jim, Jim what, what do you think about the argument of from David Swanson, who's a, a kind of a, a lefty peace activist I had on the show recently? He, he says that we need to rethink our monuments, not so much to be anti-Confederate, but rather to be anti-war. He says that so many of our monuments are all about glorifying war. Maybe we should tear those down. Maybe we should totally rethink the way we remember history. No, we need to re- reflect on our past and recognize there are other uh, uh, paths forward. You know, I mean, if you want to use them as an occasion to deliberate about a war between the states, for example, and what it represented and why, uh, you know, the United States is stronger united and that we need to deal with the issues that divide us, that's all very appropriate. But tearing them down, this is the kind of action an occupying force does during warfare. They tear down the, the monuments that represent the past. They want the people to forget. Mm-hmm. And here's what's going on at Virginia, Kevin. Remember, I wrote to 75 members of the Department of History. I wrote to the president, the provost, the vice president. I wrote to the board of visitors. I wrote to three members of the city, city council of Charlottesville. Here the president is denouncing the covering of a statue of Thomas Jefferson with a shroud. But you ought to keep in mind, I mean, this is the inevitable extension of what's going on here. She seems to me to be very feeble in dealing with this, not to comprehend what it represents. She has made the gesture of taking a donation of $1,000 from the Ku Klux Klan to change its, its allocation. Uh, 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 so it's going to be like for a student funding or scholarships. Here you have the Board of Visitors voting to remove Confederate plaques from the rotunda. The university's Board of Visitors voted Friday to remove the Confederate plaques erected in 1903 on the rotunda. The resolution called for the plaques to be moved to a location at the university where they can be viewed as artifacts. But the fact is, Kevin, we need to respect and honor the great Americans on both sides of the war and not allow this contrived event to manipulate and divide us. Well, Jim, I'm actually in favor of, uh, of kind of retooling history in the way that David Swanson suggests, because I, I agree that we, I don't think we should be glorifying wars and leaders who basically didn't have the interests of the ordinary folks at heart. I, I would like to glorify the, uh, the slaves who escaped and formed the tri- so-called tri-racial isolate communities with Native Americans and white indentured servants, all who had escaped their oppressors and gone into the backwoods and started these little communities. There's a whole, you know, set, there's a kind of American history uh, of the underdogs that I relate to a lot more than the official history. And frankly, I would like to retool the way we think about history, but just 
stupidly tearing down statues while the country is still being run more and more by fascist oligarchs is hardly the way to fix this. I agree with you, Kevin. And I think, you know, you're making efforts to accomplish precisely that goal. And from a different direction, so am I. Get this, Congress has just passed a a new uh, law. Trump has signed it, making it part of the U.S. legal code that blurs the distinction between hate crimes and hate speech. Uh, one, uh, uh, one argument uh, 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 that, that was made in the past uh, on this website, people can eventually be accused of hate crimes when they use hateful speech. Hate crime laws are a seed that can sprout in new directions. It's happening now. The law rejects white nationalists, white supremacists, the Ku Klux Klan, neo-Nazis, and other hate groups. But why? Because of their ideas? Because of their expression of these ideas? No government that stands for freedom and free speech, whose charges to protect rights, should be singling out specific groups by name and by law, declaring them as outlaws or threats because of their philosophy. If they have have committed a crime, such as defamation of character or incitement to riot or riot itself, then charge them and try them. But American government has no legitimate authority to sing out some of its citizens this way. It's a slippery slope, Kevin, as you observe. First they came for the, for the Confederate generals, and then they came for Christopher Columbus, and then they came for Thomas Jefferson, then they came for George Washington. Here, I think, is a situation we're in here for the liberals, the new game show, Facts Don't Matter. I'm sorry, Jeanette, while your answer was correct, Walter was offended by it, so he gets the point. Yeah, political correctness run amok. Again, I say this is part of a strategy of tension designed to distract the left from economic justice, from dealing with the increasing inequalities and uh, the horrible exploitation under this fascist oligarchy that's emerged in the United States. Kevin, I agree with so many of your positions about these issues. My point is not uh, uh, an unqualified endorsement of Donald Trump. My point is getting the facts right regarding what happened in Charlottesville, mm-hmm. which I, I'm confident you have no doubt now. You can see Absolutely. very clearly. And I, agree, and I agree with your, uh, your disgust at some of this political correctness run amok as well. Yes, yes, yes. Well, it's great to have the opportunity to discuss these things with you, my friend. Likewise, Jim. Are we at the end of the, sh- the slideshow? We are. Okay. Well, hey, thank you for your great work, Jim. And I I think that, you know, we're going to have to look at some of these details more carefully. Like I said, if anybody out there has information that contradicts this or has a different point of view that they want to argue on this show, you are welcome to contact me, Kevin Barrett, by way of my website, truthjihad.com. I'll give you the email right now. It's truthjihad at gmail.com. If anybody wants to try to refute what Jim Fetzer has just said, if anybody feels maligned, uh, you know, we're not out to falsely accuse people here. We want the facts and the truth. But, Jim, you made a, a strong prima facie case that Charlottesville was uh, not entirely a spontaneous event. And, uh, frankly, my red flags were going up pretty quickly there. I'm, I'm leaning towards agreeing with you, to say the least. So thank you so much. Uh, it's been great to talk with you again, Jim. And I look forward to continuing to collaborate. My great pleasure, Kevin. Thanks for featuring me. Okay. Take care. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade. That's what we were told. Most Americans never believed Lee Oswald was the lone gunman, for excellent reasons. In fact, there were at least six shooters who fired from eight to ten shots or more 
who are identified here. We have finally the solution to the greatest murder mystery in history, laid out for the world to see proof after proof after proof. Photos were faked, the body was changed, x-rays were altered, the home movies were fixed. Fifteen experts contribute to a 529-page book with 1,037 photos and diagrams in black and white and color. Hi, this is Gary King. If you'd like JFK, who, how, and why, and would like to support the new JFK show, then go to PatriotRadioBooks.com. That's PatriotRadioBooks.com.